and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. What's the deal with hospital food? Am I right, guys? Oh my god, so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to leave. Well, let's. I guess if we, I feel like the other like go to is like uh, current events. Current events. What's in the news? What's Ooh, in the news? Yeah. So, the news? what you guys doing with your stimmy check? I I haven't got it yet, but uh, saving it. It's a pending. It's a pending deposit in my account. I I think what I'd like to say is I'd like to welcome you guys to the first like. I don't know what I guess I would perhaps call like wave three of the fucking pandemic. Like, or like we're in like the, th- we're definitely in like the third movie where like, um, yeah, we're in this like weird middle ground where like people are getting vaccinated. So like, it yeah. definitely feels like everybody has pandemic, like senioritis and it's springtime. Ooh. The birds are singing and chirping. <laughs> Everybody's going outside with little cherub wings fluttering. The numbers are going down, but it feels like they're going down because no one's getting tested anymore because they're over it. That's how Pandemic I feel. senioritis is a great way of describing it. I don't know. My kissing booth at least is making a lot of money. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. Marty. Small business owner. I tried getting tested on Saturday, and the Walgreens was just like, "Our machine's broken." <laughs> I'm like, "What does that mean?" Yeah, the testing, the testing has taken on the same status as the McDonald's ice cream machine. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's down. I'm like, "What do you mean it's down?" Yeah, go check out one of the other Walgreens. Yeah. They might be down too, though. Sorry, like, we what, only, what is the scam? We only have the chocolate tests working right now. The <laughs> Oh, I would love a chocolate test. Yeah, I can yeah. test you for tuberculosis. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> There's nothing. And you're like, well, I'll get the tuberculosis. I fucking came all this way. <laughs> it's better than nothing. Yeah. They, I don't know. Scott and I got our first shots. Well, I got my first shot. I don't know if Scott wants to reveal that he's uh, okay with potentially having autism. So... <laughs> Yeah, we got our shots, baby. So, CB4, this movie was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? We're not... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where This is a new era. This is our... I think we're in season three of our uh, show, too. I'm, I'm calling it right now. We are oh, on our way to get uh, Melt uh, Han Solo. We're on our way to get him. Oh, we're in Return of the Jedi mode. Yeah, we just discovered a mm-hmm. uh, uh, black substance, and it's taking over our Spidey suit. Um, what else? Gollum? Our relationship with Gollum yep. is really yeah. taking on a new light. <laughs> we discovered we have a third godfather. Junior. Uh, <laughs> Junior. <laughs> He's here, too. Yeah, Sean Connery's here. Oh yeah! Uh, oh man! There's just so much happening this season. Uh, 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 we're, we're we're the toys. Uh, Andy's going, going to the... college. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Smooth Scoops and Novelty Songs. Hey, if you haven't heard or haven't been able to tell, it's the podcast about dumb shit. I'm your co-host Scotty Boy. Ooh. I'm co-host number four, Kelly. I am number one, Marty. Number one with a bullet. The third one is in New York. 
That's our correspondent, our New York correspondent. Our New York correspondent. That feels like a pull, a callback from our old podcast. Anyways, today we're doing CB4. Marty, take the reins. This week we're reviewing CB4, a 1993 American comedy film directed by Tamara Davis, a TV directing vet who also directed Billy Madison. And starring Chris Rock, this film follows a fictional rap group named CB4 and is to rap what this is Spinal Tap was to heavy metal. CB4 specifically takes aim at the NWA rap group. This movie was a minor hit, earning $18 million on a $6 million budget, and has a reputation as a sort of cult classic, you might say. It also features cameos from many celebrities, which basically all happens in a two-minute chunk, but there are cameos. But what of the film's star? Christopher, Chris to his friends, Rock, hmm? Rock had been around since the early 80s doing stand-ups, SNLs, supporting parts in comedy films, but this was Rock's first leading man role, and came before many of his like most notable comedy specials. We've covered one other movie that he's appeared in prior to CB4, but don't you worry, CB4 will not be our last Rock flick, though lately Rock has become more of a serious performer, and also a big fan of the Jigsaw movies, so he's got his Saw movie coming out next year. That's his focus now. Gentlemen, what did you think of CB4? I want to talk about the Jigsaw thing. I didn't know that. (laughs) We can. It's weird. (laughs) It's really funny that he's like a big fan of those movies, and he's like, I'm going to make my own. (laughs) Just imagining him, God, it's, uh, of course, obviously, obviously, I'm not going to do his voice but just imagining mm. his voice saying like and then the saw comes down or like, and then like him describing like a gruesome trap is like yeah this is i didn't that's a very interesting little hollywood factoid it's him and samuel jackson i i believe are like partners in that movie mm. interesting so it's kind of gonna gonna be gonna be some big takes on those performances yeah i wonder how many times swings. they're gonna say hell no yeah <laughs> like there's got to be probably like five times more than a normal saw movie because i think sick. they say hell no in a couple of the honestly I, I hope that it's kind of funny like i think that's kind of what those oh. movies have been missing because because all yes. those like as like you know the sam raimi didn't sam raimi do hostel or am i wrong no that's eli roth you think that's who i'm thinking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay but all, all those like you know early fucking torture movies are just like so dour and like fucking so serious. Like, yeah, the, but and and I but then the audience I think watching it is actually like laughing just because it is so like tense. <laughs> right, right. Like, it's like a, like as like a tension release because you're watching right. this like insane horrible shit. So, but if the movie you know kind of helped you along a little bit with that, I don't think that would be a bad thing. Like, yeah. So they should be more like the Final Destination movies where it's like yeah. kind of played tongue in cheek a little bit and that actually like and it, but still very horrific and scary and it's because like yeah the violence is so insane in these movies you can be funny and still have it feel serious because like the violence is what carries the drama in those movies or, right like you, or yeah. it's not going to be any less like horrific like it's still going yeah, to make yeah. you squirm but you'll be laughing and right. squirming at the same i hope that oh man God. i hope that's what they do because those super yeah dour serious ones still exist i hope they do you a mentioned- new take Sam Raimi, master of doing horror and comedy together. Drag Mm -hmm. Me to Hell is like a really funny movie. Yeah. uh, And still kills it as a horror movie. It's like a fucking awesome movie. Oh, you know I'm a fucking Evil Dead fanatic. 
Yeah. Spider-Man 3, scary and funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, CB4, here's my thoughts on CB4. You can tell it's I think I think it uh, overall accomplishes its goal of parodying especially this very specific era of rap music. Um and it's also I think you in your intro emphasized that this was Chris Rock's like first leading thing before he had done a lot of his big specials or had been in other movies. And just you can tell like there's just like a little bit of like and I mean this in like a good not in like he sucks, but as in like, you know, he's on his way up. There's like an amateurish like quality to this movie, too. But in an like overall charming way, just I wouldn't say it has like the fucking uh prestige of some of the other movies we've seen yeah i would agree it did feel like uh it was their first attempt at making a movie there's like a lot of scenes where i was like they cut really late on that and you could see like chris rock sort of reacting to the director being like i think we got that take like i don't know that was like especially the sex scene which i'm sure we'll get to at some point but the sex scene was Oh, very! It made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Marty must have been howling at it with laughter because uh, I, dude, sex jokes so so. Funny. But then the shit uh, scene, uh, frowning. <laughs> the sex scene, I actually so that I was not with it until they got to the end where they actually are having sex finally, and it's like so fake looking. It actually pulled yeah. it all the way back around for me. Like I actually like it paid off. Like it going See, longer nah, paid off for me. The the one. Yeah, like there, there. It wasn't all terrible, but there were just certain parts where it just wasn't that funny to me. Him saying like I ain't going down there when he was about to go like down on her, and then like the I I get where they were right, coming fellas, from with the juxtaposition. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Am juxtaposition. I right, my fellow sigma males. <laughs> three wolves baby uh the uh, i don't know i think the concept was good but it like was executed poorly which i feel like a lot of the bits in this movie kind of fall into that i think some of the better there are good bits in this movie the them like running away from charlie murphy's character in the car and then they're like i'm going somewhere oh you know i'm gonna lose him and then he goes on the highway which is just a traffic he goes jam. on the the famous la high uh, one the 101 right where it's like notorious for having horrible traffic yeah. and charlie murphy's like i can't go there it's too scary yeah perfect, charlie joke. Murphy, perfect yeah, joke that's a great joke um i don't know just uh this I, 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 the movie's fine. Let's go back to talking about other movies. <laughs> no, so I mostly agree with you. I wanted to compliment this movie. We've watched a lot of movies recently. I realized this watching this movie where it was kind of just the same joke for two hours. Like we watched like Team America, right? Team America is basically like the same jokes for like two hours. This movie I can compliment it by saying there's a huge variety of jokes. You've got rap culture satire. You've got parody of mockumentaries you've got visual humor you've got wordplay humor like there's there was just a big variety of jokes and not all of it landed but like i did at least appreciate that this movie was like no we're not going to just do the one thing like we're really going to try to have a broad comedy with this really specific concept and that's the best compliment i can give this movie and i think a lot of it did stick i actually genuinely i don't know i dug this movie (laughs) 
He's in the cult. I love it. He's in the cult. Ladies and gentlemen, he is I'm in, in the, the cult. I'm in the cult. He's he a CB4 cult. cultist. There was just a lot that I liked. I really liked the, and I liked it just as a movie also because I liked the storyline of like, these, this guy's not a real gangster for rapping, and he just completely steals the identity of somebody else. And guys, I'm a sucker for a movie about a person trying to better themselves, and they, the, I like an Icarus story. This guy gets too close to the sun, he ruins all of his relationships, he has to make amends. This is exactly my kind of thing. Like, I just, I dug the, I dug the movie as a movie generally, and then there was like a lot of fun jokes. Uh, one of the guys in CB4, his name is Stabmaster Arson. That's a funny joke. That's just a funny joke. There's a lot of just, like, little, like, funny jokes throughout this movie. The middle lags, but the middle lags in, like, every one of these movies, you know? Like, there's always, like, we get to act two, and we're like, oh, oh, we gotta make it really serious. Third act problems. Yeah. But overall, I had a good time. You got one of our favorite rappers, Shaq, makes a cameo. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Phil Hartman. Chris Elliott, some good stuff. Phil Hartman as white guy. Phil Hartman as, as white antagonist. As Ted Cruz, right? Like he's yeah. like fake man. I mean, that's about this. it's perfect, like casting. Like, yeah, yes. yeah. I do love the Phil Hartman being the politician, complaining about CB4, and then his son, his son in this movie. I didn't like it in the moment, but looking back at it, it's pretty funny how like he watches a five second clip of CB4 on the TV, <laughs> immediately becomes likes. a diehard fan, and like knows all the lyrics to this song. Yes. Pretty and good. that that kid's like commitment to it too. Like I don't know. I think yeah. the, the I, yeah all, all the casting in this movie is actually like pretty good. Because then fucking it's Chris Elliott right who plays the yeah. other the, documentarian. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Murphy like, as the uh, what's as his, the villain. Yeah, what's the name? As, uh oh, Gusto. Gusto. Yeah, Gusto. Yeah. Char- Charlie Murphy's first role. This is his big break. Famous. Famous host of the third season of Chappelle's show, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, famous partic- Well, famous uh, security guard for his brother Eddie Murphy. <laughs> was he really he started acting? Yeah, he I was- didn't know that. Charlie Murphy's a big dude, man. Yeah, that's like what he did until, and he's he's funny. Like I don't know. Oh yeah, he does intimidating really well. He's really funny as an intimidating guy. He's really good at that. Right. But yeah, Chris Elliott plays the documentarian. Just that he's really funny. He's really funny as the like Rob Reiner character in this movie. Yeah, right? and just like, like really like over eager and like kind of like um My first drive by. Yeah. Lines, those lines. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted more of the mockumentary stuff in this. I, I was a little dis- I was only a little disappointed that it kind of just like starts with that as the format and then just like quickly is just like a movie the rest of the time. I also think it made the movie better to not be so beholden to that, but as like a s as as an exercise of this podcast, it did like leave. I was like, ah, there was more opportunity for spoofing the mockumentary stuff, but yeah, they could have intercut it. The mockumentary was like a five minute clip at the beginning, and then they were That's like, it. "I need more footage," and then they go out, and <laughs> the rest of the movie happens, and it's like, "Why did a flash do this? Yeah, what the rest year? Of the was just a flashback. What year did this come out again? Nineteen ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like if it came out like even just like five years or so later, there would have been a lot more um, material to work with. Because it's not like I don't know. It's not mm-hmm. like uh, like rap culture was. Uh, I don't know. Like it, I think it was just like it was like very developed, but still like entering like the like 
general zeitgeist, and then by the time you hit, like, the 2000s-ish, it's, like, fully, like, totally, completely ingrained in everything. Um, For sure. Like, you'd think there would be, like, more cameos, or, like, even just, like, more of, like, a an appetite for this movie, but it felt like this was, like, a... Like a mid-budget, like you know what I mean. Like not like not. This wasn't the this the studio's like main concern. Like they were like cashing in on a trend with this movie a little bit. It felt just like. that. Oh, it just felt like they could have honestly like dumped more money into this. Like they there could have been more cameos and and stuff like that. I, I feel like part of the reason that the um, mockumentary elements aren't in it as much is because of the. Uh, like budget constraints and shit with like locations and cameos and shit like that. There's also a weird aspect of like straight out of Compton exists in this world. And then they also are just they, their parody song is straight out of low cash. <laughs> and like the NWA is like a rap group in this world, but then they're, they're just like a, a fucking parody of NWA. Like that was so weird to me. I'm just like, sometimes like a I parody like- song, just everybody. Yeah. The world collectively agrees that this parody song is like also a top 40 Ooh. hit. <laughs> It's like works as its own song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was like because Chris Rock was one of the co-writers of this movie. So I think this was like also as much as it was a cash in on the rap cultures. It seems like it was also a Chris Rock like passion thing. Like this is like a big swing for him as a comedy star. Mm-hmm. Um, So it could have been like kind of a situation of like, yeah, the studio didn't want to give more budget to, to it just because he was like unproven at the time. Um, Because, yeah, this is like his fourth movie, I think, that he's been in. Uh, And at the time, he he was well known because like he had done SNL already. He had done In Living Color, I think, at this point. Um, So it was like he was a proven commodity, I think, as a performer. But I think he did a good job. I mean, you can tell it's like his first. It feels like a very much a first like attempt for some people in the movie. Like, it's just not. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like it needed cleaning up. Like, I honestly think there were shots that it was like just cut like a second earlier. You can see people starting to break at the end of these scenes, and it's driving me insane. But yeah, all those Jimmy Fallon cameos piss me the fuck off. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was. It's you know what? <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, it feels like a like a bottle rocket. Like it does feel like somebody's like mm. first. Like it's like it's yeah. uh, there's still a lot of in- intention and it's still good, but there's just like I don't know. There's like some and I, sometimes that quality is like kind of like nice and like you can only capture yeah. it in somebody's like first thing. Like you can't like recreate that like feeling of um freshness but then it's also like you know like a little baby horse trying to walk like even like like uh (laughs) like reservoir dogs for example reservoir dogs has a lot of the same problems where it's like it's like as a little rough around the edges but that's the endearing quality of that movie is that it's a little like it's not totally clean and it's not edited super super tightly and all that kind of stuff yeah dude remember that when these uh like violating that man during stuck in the middle with you and he just keeps like they keep cutting right after he starts laughing it's crazy that scene is so terribly edited yeah and there's the boom in the shot yeah the booms in like every shot we're not um, accusing this movie of that though so i don't know i'm point. just having fun i'm just having a good time i'm here for a good time not a long yeah, time that's true and hey we got fucking time to burn yeah we're only 20 <laughs> minutes in
rate the movie, boys. Yeah, is there any any final bits we want to mention oh, before that? The sex line scene. The sex line scene. Loved that. I thought that was so funny. They they go up and it's like nine seven six piss, and the lady is just pouring water into a jug. Great oh bit. yeah. I honestly. I could have used another uh, another thirty seconds on that one. I could have seen For a sure. couple more alts on that one. <laughs> I agree. the 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 big build around is that one of Chris Rock's uh, friends does not want to do the like identity stealing thing, and uh, the way he's convinced to join the group is that somebody recognizes him from his work as a phone sex worker, and he's immediately like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta change my life." And I loved that. I was like, "This is such a funny idea for for like the like last stop before the characters go on their journey thing." I just that killed me. I just thought that was such a good idea. Uh, and in general, I like that character. I like that character a lot. In general, the like he starts becoming more like the militants, like. Uh, what was the comp for him in the movie? I, f- I forget. They were parroting like a specific uh, performer there, but I can't think of it. Who? Uh, what's What was his name? Uh, he was the number two guy in the rap group. Um, Dead Mike. Oh. Dead Mike, mm. yes. Oh, you know what? I think I just got the double meaning of that. I thought the joke was, I thought they were doing like sort of like a, and I hate that this is the baseline that I'm comparing it to. I thought they were doing like an ACL tear thing of like, this guy is going to get Die. shot at some point. But I just realized like dead, like the mic is the mic doesn't work. Yeah. It's a dead mic. Mm-hmm. Very. I nice. don't know who they were parodying with it, but yeah, the, uh yeah that's the other thing is like it's another one of those movies where it's like damn i should be getting more of these references and i'm not i'm just not catching it yeah we're not the target audience for this movie three white guys who definitely listen to the rap well uh, and and are in the year 2021 (laughs) i like i like this era of rap though is the thing like Mm. i don't know i was gonna insist on bringing a slick rick song to this episode but uh, maybe one of you two <laughs> did it. We're gonna uh, find out. We'll find out. Slick in Rick just a is second. the as soon as we started this movie. Uh, Slick Rick is in the intro of this movie, and he does a song called "Children's Story." That's uh, iconic. He wears like an eye patch that has rhinestones, maybe diamonds on it. I can't tell. Wow. And he was like widely respected in the rap community for like years after his sort of peak, but. Anyways, I digress. Uh, that's why, like, some of the references, I'm like, "Oh, who are they talking about here? Who? Are th- what's? What is this one? I I should know this, and I don't, and I don't have the effort to like look it up." So, w- Wacky D, a great uh, MC Hammer spoof in his in his <laughs> yeah. one song that we see from Wacky yeah. D. He says, "Did I mention I can dance?" Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the lines. Ah, I died. There's a lot of good bits in this movie. Yeah, well, and also just his fucking outfit was batshit insane. insane yeah <laughs> no different than like mc hammer to be honest with you though like it's yeah. not like it's that much of a parody really yeah the 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 group themselves like when they're introducing how they became cb4 and doing like basically the the different types of acts they're like we could always rap but we just didn't have like a gimmick and i was oh, just yeah. like that's pretty good and they're this like the we're bag. a bunch of plumbers we're a bunch <laughs> yes. of plumbers we we yes, are a bunch of plumbers <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that yeah. killed me. The like, and like it was like, like unbroken. Ba- like the beat didn't like stop in between like each take. <laughs> like the yeah, same that, song yeah, every that time. Really it was yeah, band. yeah, yeah. I yeah. enjoyed that bit 
pretty like yeah that that was that was like the peak of the movie for me honestly it was just like i could watch probably 30 more we're ready for bed we're ready for (laughs) bed we're wearing our pjs and we're ready for bed yeah (laughs) over the same track uh as a movie seven out of ten this this is one of those movies that nails its rotten tomatoes fresh meter it's fine uh, as a spoof, I don't know. Same thing. Seven out of ten. It like it, it's good. It references a lot of stuff that I should know what it's referencing. And if you like this era of rap, you will certainly enjoy this flick. As a movie, seven out of ten. I agree with Kelly. A very good time. Good jokes. Good tongue in cheek stuff. A solid story. This is just an enjoyable flick. I was glad we watched it. As a spoof, 7 out of 10. When it spoofs, it spoofs well. As a spoof concept, it's great, but it's more satire than spoof most of the time. But when the spoofing happens, it's quite good spoofing. Uh, As a movie, 7 out of 10. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, this is a good movie. It's a good comedy. Like, it's paced well. I think the, what really makes, I think... Some of the acting is just like, uh, like again, not in an insulting way, but just like amateurish, and like people are still kind of finding their bearings. It's not just Chris Rock; it's like you know, just kind of the whole thing. But the writing, I think, is really good. I think that's like why it's like paced well, and you know, where a lot of the good jokes stem from. And as a spoof, I'm going to say this is a silver whoopee and give it a nice solid eight out of 10. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, it's a good spoof of rap from the nineties. Hey guys, guess what? Scott, I'm willing to guess something. (laughs) Okay. Well, since you're willing, I give you full permission to go ahead and guess. I'm going to guess that Kelly has a song this week. Wrong what? you are, dipshit. It's I have a song. Oh, no. Fellas, we're talking. So at the end of, of uh, CB4, he just does Rapper's Delight. And if you haven't heard of this song, what fucking rock have you been sleeping under? Rapper's Delight from 1979, performed by the Sugar Hill Gang is uh the it's it's not the first hip hop song but it's credited as like the first hip hop song to like introduce the genre to a wider audience and it's been talked about academically to death like this is like the like in any like american music documentary they'll be like and then rap came along and it's always <laughs> fucking rapper's delight so i feel like i don't really need to like you know, give you the the Wikipedia uh, paragraph on this tune. Other than just, just yeah, yeah, it's it's credited as like being one of the first, like you know, very popular uh, rap songs. Um, and boy, oh boy, does it have! Oh well, you, first, first, let's listen. Let's get our our little sample of Rapper's Delight, nineteen seventy nine, the Sugar Hill Gang. I said a hit. Hip, 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 hop, you don't stop the rockin' to the bang, bang, boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. 
Uh, Marty, you were singing that iconic bass line. The well, I'll, I I have a uh, the I have the bass line isolated just to iterate. So um, this song was samples uh, by the group Chick. Uh, the song "Good Times," and that's where that iconic bass line comes in. But I, yeah, to me, this is one of the the best bass lines of all time. So much so that I want to make Marty edit in uh, a clip of just the bass line, so we can all enjoy this fucking tasty groove. So, fellas. I have prepared. I have trapped you. <laughs> oh no! We've activated his trap card. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Before I trap you, I just do want to mention. Yeah. So we, you, you also referenced the uh, nearly fifteen-minute runtime of this song. There are actually five, five, five cuts. There's the single version clocking in at three minutes fifty-five seconds. The album version clocking in at four minutes fifty-five seconds. Then there's the twelve-inch short version clocking in at six minutes. 30 seconds, the long single version, 7 minutes, 7 seconds, and then the 12-inch long version at 14 minutes and 35 seconds. What the fuck? Why is and it not just the, the full song on the album? The, Why words, would you not really- the words that I have just spoken are an incantation that has trapped you. <laughs> trapped you within the song. You are trapped in a verse of the song, and you have, this is a choose-your-own-adventure, uh, which many of the choices lead to death death and if you die you begin you begin again at the beginning of the verse and have to uh choose your way out of it so you're at your friend's house and the food just ain't that good do you a take a bite of the macaroni b take a bite of the peas or c take a bite of the chicken i think it's a um because chicken is the easiest thing to get me sick and the macaroni, macaroni, it's like buffet macaroni, I assume, so it could be really bad. So I'm going to go with the peas, because that's the safest thing to eat that's not going to be bad. All right, well, the macaroni, it's soggy. I'm full, you try to say, but all you can do is gargle upon the mac. The peas, they're mushed. The texture no. makes you want to hurl. You Ugh. try to say, I'm full, but you feel yourself begin to dry heave. Do you, A, spit your bite under the table, or B, Try once more to say I'm full. I try once more to say I'm full. I'll I'll go the opposite. I'll spit my bite under the table. Kelly, you sp- oh I dropped my fork. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> you spit the the bite under the table, and your friend's mom sees you. Pa, get in here. We oh. got ourselves an ungrateful. Spitter! Pa walks in with a 12-gauge double-barrel shotgun oh, and shoots no. you square in the chest. Oh, Begin again. Oh, no! <laughs> Wait. There was Wait. no delight in this rap? Southern? We're in the South? Is that what we're, we're in the South? We're, I, we're, 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 we're in the Sugar Hills, bud. Perhaps. We're in the, bu- the Beverly Hillbillies? Is <laughs> no, that we're where in we're the at? Beverly Sugar Hills. Uh, Kelly, I'm going to all assume that you like make the same choices and get yourself back to this point. Uh, okay. uh, Marty, you say you're, f- you managed to say you're full, but your friend, uh, cuts you off and says, mama, he's just being polite. He ain't finished. Uh, uh-uh, that's bull. Your heart starts beating and you try to think of a lie. Do you say 
and Kelly, you're, you're, you're at this point too. Do you, uh, your heart starts beating. You try to think of a lie. Do you say you already ate or do you say B, I have diarrhea? I already ate. B, I have diarrhea. <laughs> well, Kelly, shot again? <laughs> just as the words parse your lips, the camera crew emerges from behind the drapes and under the couch cushions. Out walks Dax Shepard. Uh-oh, you're on Are You Gonna Eat That? A culinary prank show. Sounds like you're having a little tummy trouble, buddy. TMI. You instantly become the la- the laughing stock of the town and kill yourself out of shame. Begin again. Oh, my God. Oh, my Damn. God. They got so dark. <laughs> Uh, Marty, uh, you say I already ate, and your friend says, man, there's plenty of food, which uh, doesn't quite line up as a rebuttal to what you said, but nonetheless, your friend <laughs> piles more food uh, upon your plate. So, Kelly, I'll assume that you you've, you you mirror Marty's choices and uh, yes, are at obviously. the same point. He's dead. He's dead twice. Well, no, he, it's, 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 a, it's a beginning. It's like a Groundhog's Day kind of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so the nasty food is steaming and your mind starts dreaming of the moment that it's time to leave. <laughs> do you uh, look towards the door or do you, B, look down at your chicken? I look, look down towards, at the chicken. I look towards the door. <laughs> Well, Kelly, (laughs) you gaze at the door longingly. Oh, you must not want this food, your friend's mom says. No, no, you you insist. You try to cut her. You try to say, but she cuts you off. You must not want this food. No, no, no. I see you enjoying the gourmet offering this evening. The food I made doesn't meet your standards, does it? No, no, no. Only the best for my son's special little friend. She nods to your friend, and he leaps out of his chair and binds you to yours. His mom proceeds to rip the door off its hinges with her bare hands. Pa comes in with a chainsaw, screaming, (laughs) Daddy shall carve! Daddy shall carve. Ma slams the door down on the table, sending the nasty food asunder. Pa carves the door into equal portions. The last thing you feel is the splinters being rammed down your throat. Begin again. Oh, no. Marty, you uh, look at your chicken, and the chicken begins slowly rotting into something that looks like cheese. So, oh, you say, that's it. I got to leave this place. I don't care what these people think. I'm t- <laughs> I'm to- I copied and pasted the lyrics all weird. So I just completely <laughs> lost, like, the cadence. <laughs> well, it's, it's, this is just going to be more of, like, a free-flowing uh, um, spoken word poem. Oh, you say, that's it. I got to leave this place. I don't... I don't care what these people think. I'm just sitting here making myself nauseous with this ugly food that stinks. Oh, so you burst through the door while it's still closed, still sick from the food you ate. And then you run to the store for a quick relief from a bottle of A, Pepsi Max, or B, Cow Pectate. Cow Pectate, because they did not have Pepsi Max at the time when this song came out. (laughs) All right, Kelly, when you reach for the Pepsi Max, it It goes down the wrong pipe and you start hacking and coughing all over the store. You start gagging and, and you throw up everywhere. 
You slip in your own mess and crack your head on the ground, begin again. The cow pectate, Marty. Ah, the sweet relief of bismuth subsilicolate. You feel your nausea subside and enjoy a peaceful walk home. You go on with your life and try to push this horrendous event behind you. But two weeks later, you get this nagging feeling. Could it be guilt? Do you, A... Ignore your guilt and try to move on with your life, or B, call your friend to see how he has been. Call my friend to see how he has been. So, Kelly, when you uh, <laughs> you decide to <laughs> to ignore this, this feeling of guilt, and you uh, t- to take your mind off it, you go and take a walk in the old industrial park. Along your walk, you can't help but feel like you're being watched. It feels like there are shadows creeping along your periphery that slink away just as you turn to look. Suddenly, you notice a silhouette of a figure in front of you. They step forward, emerging from the shadows. It's your friend dressed as the crow from the movie The Crow. (gasps) Friend? You whimper in disbelief. But before you can plea for your life, your friend does a triple backflip kick and knocks your head clean off your shoulders. Your head goes flying clear across town, all the way to NBA Stadium, where it flies clean through the hoop right at the buzzer. The town lifts the crow on their shoulders, chanting, The crow! The crow! The crow! The camera zooms in on your decapitated head on the cold floor. It looks like the Dan in Real Life poster. No contact sport my ass, you say, but no Nobody laughs. Uh, Marty, uh, you call your friend two weeks later to see how he has been. He says, I understand about the food of Baby Bubble, but we're still friends. Uh, the end. So, Marty, you win. I win. <laughs> Kelly's really bad at that game. I'm wow. bad at rap. That's my, those are my favorite lyrics, and I'm so bad at them. So Okay, so that was, that was the verse yeah, you wanted to mention. Yeah, that was the mention. verse. That yeah. verse is wild. That's yeah, like, you just got to live through it, man. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, I didn't realize there were so many other alternative verses or alternative lines in that verse. That's so in the nice liner notes. You can yeah. find those in the liner notes on the album. So your friend comes out from the shadows and is dressed up like the crow. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, probably wild to like, you know. It's, uh, so it's a novelty song because it, it's uh, genre defining, right? That's what makes it a novelty song. It was oh, novel shut the, at the fuck time. up, you little yeah. nerd. Oh, it's I'm a novelty saying. song because... <laughs> It's 15 minutes long, and yeah, it's, like, nonsensical. It's a novelty song because and... there's a fucking verse about going to your friend's house and the chicken tastes like wood, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. That's why. Great song. Love it. Mm-hmm. God. Who's doing the prod this week? <laughs> oh, my Hello? God. Marty, are you doing the product? <laughs> Marty, are you doing the product, or am I doing the product? This week's novelty product is, in the chat you'll find it, boys, it's a sticky hand. It's one of those sticky hand things you win at an arcade or purchasable at your local Walmart, as I found out. You can just go buy one of these damn things. You can buy 100 pieces for $35. You can get 100 sticky hands. It's so weird that you, yeah, you sent a, a link to a product on walmart.com rather than just like a Google image. Yeah, no like, image. That was that's because it was the JPEG. first image to come up on Google Images. That's why <laughs> this podcast brought funnier. to you by walmart.com. Walmart. I don't think a stick... So a sticky hand is a novelty product because it's a stick... 
sticky Scott, end, I wasn't I guess. criticizing. I was I was defending. I was defending against our our army of novelty song picky people. I was defending you against them, oh. Scott. I was agreeing. With you. I wasn't saying you're wrong. I'm saying oh, it is. you were agreeing with me with a question mark at the end. Gotcha. Yes. So I agree with you. The most notable version of this kind of toy is the wacky wall walker, which was a sticky spider type toy that you could throw at a wall and it would stick. Of course, those have been around since I didn't know that. But we're not talking about the wacky wall walker, boys. We're talking about sticky hands. A hand is a prehensile multi-fingered appendage located at the end of the forearm or forelimb of primates. Such as humans, chimpanzees, monkeys, or lemurs. You're a chimpanzee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Of course, everyone's favorite novelty product, the hand. What makes things sticky, you guys ask? It's scientifically complicated, and this isn't a science podcast, but it involves the amount of stress required to pull the molecules apart, basically. So your most adhesive things is because the molecules are really fused together, basically. You're trying to get us on NPR, aren't you? Yeah, that's cool. I've got Ira Glass on speed dial. This, though, is a spoofs and goofs podcast, which is why I'm going to close out with a game I call Solve This Sticky Situation. Gentlemen, I've got a list of sticky situations here, and you're both going to have to give me a solution to the scenario. I'll award a point to whoever gives me the best solution to this sticky situation. Stitch situation, situation number one. Your best friend is getting married, but you realize that you're in love with them. You want them to be happy, but you also want to be with your best friend. What do you do? Uh... Bonus points for involving a sticky hand. What, what... Oh, you have to you you get bonus points for involving a sticky hand. Hmm. I take a sticky hand and I tape a picture of my best friend to it and I marry that. <laughs> Wait, I I'm sorry, I've been miles away this whole time. What's this <laughs> What's the situation again? The sticky situation. Your best friend is getting married. You realize that you're in love with them. You want your best friend to be happy, but you also want to be with your best friend. What do you do? Oh, um, kill the spouse and uh, assume their identity. <laughs> Wait, no, I want to change my answer. I want to change my answer. Kill, kill the spouse, uh, marry my best friend, fuck the sticky hand. There. <laughs> I like that. I'm... I'm going to give it to Kelly because he involved the sticky hand. So Kelly gets a point. (laughs) Kelly gets a point. Situation two. The love of your life is starring in a stage adaptation of The Importance of Being Earnest. But due to a prior work obligation, you miss your chance at seeing her perform. She is crushed, and you must make it up to her if you have any chance at saving the relationship. What do you do? How do you make it up to her? Cut my tongue off like old boy. Classic Spider-Man 2 (laughs) scenario. What did you say, Scott? I said, uh, cut my tongue off like old boy. <laughs> and Kelly, you seem to have an idea of, of what the situation is. Uh, I make it up to her by defeating... Wait, is it Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3 that this happened? It's Spider-Man 2. I defeat Dr. Octopus uh, <laughs> with my 
sticky hand web slingers that I invent. Wow. Kelly takes it again. Kelly with another successful situation solving. Scott is just so violent today. Scott's just hurting himself for all these situations. Other people, too. (laughs) (laughs) Sticky situation number three. While exiting a cave with a friend, the vine you are using to swing over a chasm breaks, separating you. Throw me the whip, you ask your friend, the whip being the thing you can use to swing across. Throw me the idol, your friend says back. You look down at the idol in your arms. What do you do? I don't think this guy's my friend. I shoot him with my pistol. Trick question. Vine has been discontinued for years. I throw him a TikTok. (laughs) Scott, you said shoot him with a pistol. (laughs) Yeah, and then I go, where's my hat? I need it. (laughs) <laughs> I think I gotta give it to Scott I gotta give it to Scott this time That That's would be fair. the best way to solve this sticky situation That's fair, my suggestion was more of a joke Than a real <laughs> than a real solution So yeah. I, yeah, I'll concede that point to Scott Trick Sticky situation number four There have been rumors of shark attacks on a beach In your small tourist town And your chief of police wants you to close the beaches for the season But it's your busiest time of the year What do you do? Well, I know how important those summer dollars are to this town. This is a summer town, and I'm a summer mayor. I say keep those beaches open, and I put on my craziest Easter suit. I suggest we build new infrastructure just off the beach, uh, inlets of pools that filter water out from the ocean, takes water directly in from the ocean, but... No sharks can get through the pipes that take it in, and you can just go to the beach, chill on the beach, and then swim in the little pools that we have set up next to the beach. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Oh, uh, you build it with sticky hands. <laughs> oh, 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 boy. Oh, now I don't know. I'll, you know, in the interest of, we only have one more sticky situation left, so in the interest of gamesmanship, I'll give it to Scott for this one. Yeah. i give it to Scott. Because I think his sounds right. Oh that no, like the there right have been 900 casualties. <laughs> but too late, the points have been awarded. And it's too late. Number five. A terrorist has hijacked a bus with a bomb wired to the acceleration. If you go faster than 15 miles per hour or slower than 10 miles per hour, the bus will explode. You are an FBI agent. What do you do, hotshot? Another Spider-Man 2 reference... Uh, <laughs> I take all the sticky hands I have and I put put myself position myself in front of the bus, and I just start latching on to all the <laughs> buildings around me. So do you stop the bus? I stop the bus, but the engine and the wheels are still turning at the sixty miles per hour, so the bomb doesn't go off. Interesting. Scott? I. So you said but it has to be between 10 and 15 miles per hour. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so this is like a brisk jog. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So here's what I do. I, I say, steer this mother to the airport. And so that you, you'd think we're trying to go around the loop where you drop people off because it's like an mm. infinite loop that you would maybe drive that speed at. But then they're like, well, sir, sh- surely there will be at some point a, 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 too many cars in the way and we have to stop. And I say, we're not going there. Bust through the terminal gates. Pfft. 
and we bust into the uh 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 into the airport and then i say keep going keep going to gate c and then finally i we keep going until we see one of those long conveyor belt people mover things and i say pull alongside it and get ready to jump <laughs> and so, right as we're going along the same speed as the conveyor i have everybody jump out of the windows and so it's us as soft as possible landing because the bus is going the same speed as the uh, conveyor belt the end wow the connection you made to, to the speed of the bus to that is incredible i but because Kelly used the sticky hands, I gotta give it to Kelly. <laughs> I gotta give it to Kelly. Classic. <laughs> that's that's our novelty product segment for this week. Sticky hands. That's great. That's so relevant. It's been a while since we've had a novelty product segment that actually like mentioned the novelty product that, that kept it that kept it in place. Yeah, it's almost like I intended that. <laughs> It's almost like you thought. <laughs> yeah, we've we've gone a little while with uh, not much focus on the products that we talk about. Mm. You could say weave, but I feel <laughs> I think yeah, it's good. Good job, everyone. Well done. Yeah, fantastic. Well, good job, guys. This was this was good work this week. Everybody. This was our best episode ever. Yeah, wow. it's definitely the highest numbered episode we've ever done, <laughs> which makes it the biggest. Yeah, this is one of the one of the greats. Uh, Let's go out on a high note. Is that it? Let's go. Oh, never mind, Kelly. Is it? it let's go. Let's on a wonder high note. if it's done for another five no, minutes. No, let's let's go out on a high note. Uh, that this fucking hospital food. Am I right, boys? Hey, oh there it's it is. so good. The callback. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it.